This is Shutters Inc. with Bruce Williams and Glenn Lavender. Hi, and welcome to episode 488 of Shutters Inc. This is Bruce Williams from ShuttersIncPodcast.com, and joining me once again from CreativePhotoWorkshops.com.au, it is Mr. Glenn Lavender. Both of us are half asleep, so it might be only half a show. Well, between the two of us, does that mean we're fully asleep? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> The podcast that goes to sleep on you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the opposite when the, when the listeners bore the host to sleep on us, rather the other way around. Uh, how's uh, your we're, we're bored and tired of you before you even got to listen to it. <laughs> there you go. Just the thought of you bores us to, to tears and sleep. How's your week been? Well, uh, I did something I haven't done in forever. Right. I went outside of five kilometres from my house. <laughs> you're, you're now allowed 25 k's, is it? Now allowed to go 25 kilometres. Wow. Still not allowed to go in other people's houses. There's still massive restrictions. But So I did. I, there's, uh, I, I'm, I wanted to go to this, this uh, fruit and vegetable market yeah. and meat market uh, in, in Footscray. And yeah. um, so I drove down there yesterday. And it was the bizarrest feeling. I, I felt guilty. I felt uh, <laughs> out of sorts. I, I didn't. Nothing felt right. It, 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 it just. It was. It was not enjoyable. Really. To be out. It was just. It was just horrible. Yeah. Right. So it was a. I, I kind of got in, got out, came straight home again. Then I was happy again. <laughs> You've turned into a hobbit. <laughs> I, I was never far from one in the first place, and this was just exacerbated. You know. But, uh, uh, yeah, so gee. so so that was that's yeah, a little bit of a change, and we're, there's a theory that stores may even open middle of next week. Wow! But having said that, that was yesterday's news, and today two schools closed down already. Yep. yep. Yeah. So who knows how it's going to fall down in a heap all of a sudden again? And we're, we're sitting, at, we're, we had games night at home tonight. So I cooked dinner, and then we sat and played a board game with the whole family. Nice. And my youngest one sitting away, and she goes, oh, she was playing this game with this one, one kid from school called Tarbor. And it's a vo- they do a voice chat whilst they're playing. Right. She said, oh, it's really hard to understand. Like, she's, got really, she's got a really scratchy and uh, a sore throat. And I've gone, what? And he goes, yeah, he's at school. And he's, got, he's got this really scratchy, he's got this really sore throat. She's just come on. I'm going, oh, no. Don't. <laughs> what parent sends their child to school? Yeah. Showing flu-like symptoms. Yeah, and the whole reason these two schools have closed down is because their parents sent their kid. This one, the family of six, right. five of them, five of them had COVID. Oh. The sixth one didn't get tested. What? They sent them all back to school, including that one. He gets to school, he's oh. sick with it. Jeez. I know. It's like how how does that happen? And now two schools are closed down. Five hundred people have to isolate because this one family sent yeah. their bloody kid. After all of everyone else, how does five people in a six-person household get sick and yeah. they don't test all six of them? <laughs> yeah, but I th- I thought that you know if you were known to have come into contact with yeah. someone who was positive, yeah. then you are required to self quarantine. Yeah. And that's what the that's what the Department of Human Services said to him. He shouldn't have gone back to school. He should be in quarantine. They're going what? Jesus. So because of that now, and of course, who knows 
yeah, how many people he could, and it could all start all up. We could all yeah. this this few days of freedom, and yep. just as it looks like it might start to open up, it could all come crashing down in a heap again. You know exactly. So um, yeah, the, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh. <laughs> Jeez. So yeah, we 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 watch that with uh, interest, I guess you'd say. But um, yeah, not it, it makes you it makes you lose a bit, a bit of hope, you know. Yeah, you it's just frustrating that people are that selfish. Oh, I know. It's just like just and, and yeah. My wife went up to the shops today to get something for the post office, and she says all these people walking around without masks. Yeah, and all these people going like they're not going to make me wear a bloody mask. It's like oh. Yeah. People are idiots, yeah? yeah. Yeah, they're the first ones to complain. Well, we're locked down. Yeah. Oh, we can't go shopping. Yeah, because of people like you. <laughs> you know, it's you are the problem. Yeah. It's not the government. It's not all blame Dan Andrews for locking it for the No, you're the problem. Yeah. The people that. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, people that won't play by the rules. The, yeah, they, they blame the government. Uh, this whole outbreak started because of a hotel quarantine scandal yeah. where um, they employ private security guards to maintain the, the, the people in the, in the hotel. But, you know, they're going out, they're having sex with each other. But that's not the government's fault. No. You, know? you, em- you employ uh, someone to come fix your plumbing in your sink and, uh, and he goes and rifles through your underwear drawer. Well, that's... T- <laughs> that's not the person who employed the, the person to do the sinks problem. That's no. the plumber's issue. You know? yeah. He's the one who's done the wrong thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, anyway, this little glimmer, and the weather's just starting to get really nice. You know, yeah. beautiful, beautiful spring weather. It's near 20 degrees every day and yep. nary a breath of wind. So, anyway, it doesn't worry me too much. If we lock down, it is what it is. You're used to it now. <laughs> It is. It's, it's that way. It's been going out. It's felt strange. Taking the, the kids have been back at school since last week, and so now taking the kids back to school every day is a, and picking them up every day is a whole throws your game out. It's, it's no longer. The cats have gone nuts. The cats are like, they're walking around, like, where, where are they? Where's the, what's going on? Where? And they, they're literally cats who sleep 23 hours a day yeah. and now are awake all day long waiting for the kids to come home. Yeah, right. The kid, cats are never awake. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they, ne- they don't settle. They wander around the house. They're yowling. You know? Wow. And then the kids come. And as soon as the kids come home, they run, jump, lay down on the lap and go straight to sleep. Wow. It's <laughs> 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 Uh, well, it's such a little codependent family, I think. How's your week been, my friend? All good? Uh, yeah, not too bad. James and I went on our ride. You did? You went on your bike for the ride? Week, weekend, yeah, that was awesome. And how was it on your new, your new yep, thingy new, for new bike. multiple days? Yep. Racked up 1,100, 1,200 Ks for the weekend. Nice. Yeah, oh, look, the bike's great. Just loving it. Uh, so we left Sydney at 8 o'clock on Saturday morning, rode straight down the Hume to uh, Goulburn, uh, then hung a right, went up to Crookwell, then headed west out through Burrawa. Around about Burrawa, we, we were there probably yeah, 12, 31 o'clock. Uh, just as we left Burrawa, we started to get just the first little spits of rain. Yeah. And it was just kind of on and off all afternoon. Not even heavy enough to warrant wet weather gear. And we got up to parks at about five o'clock in the afternoon and James said, 
you're right to do another 20 clicks out to the dish and back. And I went, yeah, that's fine. So we rode out to the dish and took some photos out there. And there was a bunch of photographers uh, all in, in about three cars, uh, all parked near the the exit to the car park at the dish. And the dish was, um, well, the, the visitor's centre at the dish. Sorry, I should explain for those outside of Australia. Uh, the dish is the colloquial term uh, for the CSIRO radio telescope at Parks. Uh, and it is quite famous for having been involved in the moon landing in 68. Um, anyway... So there's a bunch of photographers sitting outside in their cars by the car park. And I said to them, what are you guys doing? And they said, oh, we're just hanging around waiting for the storm to come through. I went, oh, okay, fair enough. And uh, James and I decided that we'd done what we came to do. So we headed off back into town, got into town and checked into our motel, went into the pub to have a drink and to grab some dinner and the skies just opened up (laughs) and uh, all of the locals were absolutely ecstatic to see the rain and so we weren't sure what we were going to cop on sunday morning woke up sunday morning and the clouds lifted you know thousand feet and broken up and there's little patches of blue sky so yeah we fueled up and hit the road again and we and again we just had little bits of rain here and there just as we were heading into Bathurst we got a fairly reasonable downpour but it only lasted about two minutes and it was the day of the Bathurst uh, motor race so we were very sensible going into and through Bathurst because we knew that cops would be around a lot yeah. uh, and then we headed back through the Blue Mountains and down into Sydney and at the uh, there's a, a big interchange on the freeway as you're coming down into Sydney from the west called the Light Horse Interchange and I'd said to James I'm not going to stop. I'll just wave goodbye to you because he was going straight ahead and I was turning left. So I've turned left onto what's called the M7 and I got a few k's down the road and I'm looking up towards the central coast where I'm headed and the sky is just filthy black. And I thought, oh no, this is not going to be fun. So I pulled over, put the wet weather gear on and I got onto the freeway heading north and it it just got ridiculous. It, I would rate it as one of the two worst storms I've ever ridden a motorcycle in. Uh, it got to the point where... You were in two storms. <laughs> no, I'm saying this is one of the two worst ones. Ah, oh, it wasn't both at the same time, because no. that would be bad. Because yeah. if you had two of the worst storms you've ever been in at the same time... Uh, that would be pretty oof. severe, yeah. Uh, but it got to the point where, you know, on a four-lane... Uh, sorry, on a six-lane freeway, everyone's travelling at 30 kilometres an hour with their hazard yeah. lights on. Uh, and you just couldn't see a darn thing. And I, as the windscreen wipers work on your helmet, <laughs> yeah, if only they were there. Uh, and you need them on the inside of the helmet as well as the outside of the <laughs> of helmet. So yeah. So anyway, ended up being a bit of a sour note to the end of the weekend. But the the rest of the trip was absolutely fantastic. So uh, yeah, it was great. Did you, did you take the twenty eight to three hundred? The 28 to 200, I did take that's that with one. us. Uh, is it 28 to 300? No, 200. Really? That's pretty pathetic, isn't it? 
Pick up your game, Tamron. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know if you said something to them, but I got a call from him this week, and he goes, "Oh, no. I need to get that camera, that lens back." <laughs> he goes to me. He says to me, "Oh, I think I called you yesterday." I'm going, uh, "No, it was four weeks ago that we spoke." <laughs> Oh, God. I said you were, you were going to send the rep to pick it up. And he said, oh, yeah, look, uh, if you can package it all up, he said, and we'll um, email you the like the shipping label. Yeah. And uh, all you got to do is stick that on the box and we'll have a courier come by your, your office and pick it up. So, <laughs> so the lens has gone back now. Uh, Dan, they remembered. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, no, very happy to use that lens again and, yeah. Did you get good photo opportunities, Ross, and events? Uh, nothing super extraordinary. I just shot a few few bits and pieces, which I put on my Facebook page. But, uh, yeah, nothing mind-blowing. It didn't, didn't sort of pique your interest that all these photographers thought it worthy enough to be sitting there parking and waiting for a, th- a storm to come through? Yeah, they were in... I'm the, waiting to see all these epic photos of the dish with this incredible thunderstorm over the top of they, the lightning bolts. They and, were in cars, we were on bikes. I was not yeah. going to be sitting around waiting for the rain to come. People, <laughs> so that's why he's an amateur. <laughs> that's why he's just a part-time, try-hard bloody photographer. There you even go. Those, even those oldies in the car are more dedicated <laughs> than you. <laughs> no, they were younger than us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, storm chases. Yeah. So anyway. But, but, but I wonder if they did get some great shots over the dish with an amazing storm. That'd be pretty cool to see, wouldn't it? Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Uh, I did ask, were they expecting thunder, uh, uh, lightning, and they said no. Yeah, it's hard to get photos of thunder. Yeah, no, they I asked if they were expecting lightning, and they said no. So I kind of oh. wonder why... Why bother sit out here waiting for it then? I mean, if there was lightning involved, then that would be pretty epic. Or the form, the shape of the clouds, the type of storm. It yeah, is, maybe. Uh, yep. Yeah. If they know that much in advance. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. You feel refreshed and relaxed afterwards. And- um, the, the, <laughs> the, the, the incredible storm that I rode through in the last hour oh, kind of yeah, took the enough. shine off it. But, yeah. but yeah, no. Oh, it was it shinier, all being all wet and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good weekend. So, yeah. Good you. Okay, now we've got the, the nice stuff out of the way. They've been pleasant to you. Yeah. How the hell did you stuff up the podcast the second oh, time? What did you don't do? get me started. What did you so do? So what, what it is, okay, so I, I, I did as you asked and put the two versions of the podcast together. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> so, with an explanation. But as I have explained in the past, in the digital audio workstation that I record and edit in, which is called Reaper, there is a transport playback speed control, and you can make it play faster or slower than real time. And when I'm editing, I set the playback speed to 1.5x. Yeah. And so we all sound like chipmunks. Like that. And what happens is if you forget to set that back to 1x, uh. when you render, then it renders it all out at 1.5x. <laughs> so this this podcast that should have gone for two hours went for an hour and 13 minutes. <laughs> thereabouts. And I didn't twig at the time that I uploaded it. Yeah. And then as soon as it went public and I saw, was it David Marland or 
one of the Davids, put a, a comment up going, thanks, Alvin. And I just, uh, it, as soon as I saw that comment, <laughs> I knew that exactly that what... That says on Dave Marlon. <laughs> yeah. I, I've not been on Facebook since we last talked, so I've, right. I don't... I've, I've not... For, uh, this is my longest, my longest time away from social media since social media was invented. So nice. I don't, I don't know these things, but... Oh, I, no, I see. I see some. I see some notifications and stuff. So like, I knew something yep. had gone wrong with the podcast. Yeah, but I didn't know what. So as soon as I saw that, I took the the episode offline so that more people weren't downloading the corrupted audio, uh, and then I re-rendered the audio file, uploaded it again, and then republished. Did anybody it. actually complain? No, no one actually said, "Well, this is actually an improvement because it's over faster." <laughs> <laughs> there were some comments about I thought there were two jockeys taking your place. <laughs> See, my podcast player. I mean, I, I was listening to this, this podcast series a year or so ago, and it was all going on really quite nice. And then mm. for like four or five episodes in a row, they were all talking much, much faster. Much, it wasn't as enjoyable, right? You know. And then I realised, like the sixth episode in after that, that I'd sometime knocked it to 1.5 times. Right. So I'd listened to the last five or six episodes <laughs> one and a half times speed. Yep. And when I took that off, it went all back to normal. Maybe there's players that have like a 0.75 speed. Yeah. You tell them to play it on that. Exactly. Yeah. Then you have to do any more work at all. That's Just right. slow it down, Babel. That's right. That's hilarious. That's yeah. just not meant to be. Sometimes that's it. That's exactly yeah. right. So we, ne- we needn't have bothered. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> God. Oh, that's kind of amusing. Yeah. I- I've got not much to talk about this week. So okay. Well, we've waffled on long enough to make it feel like it's actually some form of an episode. Yeah. Then we can whip through the crap that we've got, yeah. and then we're done. Right. Sound good to you, and then we can all go to bed early. Sounds good. I'd like to break into the podcast briefly to mention that we now have a Patreon account. If you get any value at all from our photographic giggle fest each week, we'd really appreciate it if you could spare a couple of bucks a month just to help keep the servers running. The link will be in the show notes. Much appreciated. Now, back to the podcast. I put in some coriander today. You put it in where? In the I garden? In my, in my veggie garden. I planted some coriander. Nice. And tonight, for the, I made homemade hamburgers tonight from scratch. Oh, and, aren't um, they the best? But for the first, we use my kids have, have grown their own lettuces. So their, their, oh, their veggie lovely. garden reaped its first harvest tonight. Nice. So they were pretty pleased with that. Yeah, pretty pleased with themselves. So anyway, that, that, that's, that's about the highlight of my work. I haven't actually done anything photographic. I've been thinking about doing something about photographically, you know, because yeah. I've got a... I've got this uh, on November 11, uh, Australia time, November 10, US time. I've got this one and a half hour Tamron talk. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that I've got yep. to build from scratch, but I haven't started yet. But I have. it did cross my mind to think about starting. Right. So that's that's like working, isn't it? That's like it, yeah. Pretty much like it, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that, so I, I was I was looking at a, a, a non-standard uh, news source for photographics, uh, CNN, yesterday. Right. And they had an article which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, it was called Beijing Silver Mine. Okay. As this guy who's been buying negatives from this silver mine in Beijing. So where where people where they basically a silver recycling reclaiming mine. So they people send all these boxes of photos or or negatives and all sorts of other products and they melt stuff down and get the silver out of them. Oh wow. Okay. 
But this guy's been paying them above the silver rate to buy negatives. Right. So far, he's bought 850,000 negatives. Oh, <laughs> you know, but it's China and Beijing for them the last 30, 40, 50 years of just normal, everyday people's photos. Wow. So it's all these not family photos and holidays and picnics and you know, new family members and parties and weddings and you know, but an incredible, incredible archive of China developing from the 70s through to now kind of thing. Wow. Um, in you know, nigh on a million negatives, which is, which is really quite remarkable. And from what I've seen, there's no, I've seen no art in them. But their very artlessness makes them arty. Yeah, right. Yeah, take it, take it as a. So he's put together. He's put together his first book. People smoking at weddings. Right. <laughs> so he's got enough photos or enough negatives of people smoking at, at weddings to put together a book. You can imagine <laughs> though, you know, all these different um, clothing, all the different uh, wedding styles, all all the stuff yeah. that goes on. Yeah, I think it's an incredible archive, and, and it, to me, it's it's. It's more exciting to me than um, any of the these street photographer negative finds that people have done. Right. Because the street photographers, they're going out there trying to create an altered reality to some degree. Yeah. They're, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're photographing reality, but it's a selected reality. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, they, yep. yeah they'll crap about the photo never lies, but it always lies because a photographer chooses to show the world a particular way. Right. So there's so there's always a contrived element to street photography. Right. Whereas your Joe Blow family snapper doesn't do that. No. That's why heads are missing and Uncle Larry's out of focus and all that kind. Of. Yeah. So there's 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 a, a a more real capture of life to me than a more studied photograph. If that makes sense. Yep. So, so I've, I thought, and I went to flick through what I could find so far of this guy's stuff, photos, and um, you know, mundane, mostly fairly yeah. mundane photos. Yep. But that in itself, and it's it's taken on on a macro level. If you look at that on, a, on, a, on the bigger scale, my God, what a, what a, what an encapsulation of, of of history in that yeah. one thing. So, and and somewhat themed. You would say, yeah, Chinese family life, yep, kind of thing, yep. Uh, where street photography could be, yeah, more broad ranging. Yes, yep. So, and you'd never find, yeah, you'd even, yeah, you go to any Western area and find someone's family photo collection of their family with eight hundred thousand. <laughs> Not well, well, now in digital, of course, everyone does that per year. Yeah, that, that's the days of film. <laughs> Uh, yeah, to, to find an archive, to have an archive of that volume is, is to me, I thought, really, really quite amazing. So uh, for people interested, it's called the Beijing Silver Mine, and uh, go check it out. Cool. I did see an article that really should have happened this year, uh, but right. it happened last year. It's where um, an NFL football photographer is suing the Texas Longhorns mascot uh, for bowling him over, <laughs> running around as the mascot and giving him in. Could I? Could, I, could realistically, it could only ever happen in twenty twenty, but it happened in twenty nineteen uh, at the at the I think at the Super Bowl or something like that. So he's <laughs> he's suing the mascot and the handlers for right. injuring him. 
as a photographer, which I thought was quite hilarious. Caused permanent injury. Well, Ooh. apparently, you Yikes. know. I mean. Yeah, right. Yeah. What's permanent these days, though? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got permanent ink pens and the stuff still fades away. You know, <laughs> so what does it mean by yeah. permanent? Um, now, see, Photoshop um, have come out with a new AI filter developed with uh, NVIDIA. Okay. Yeah, the video people. And it's, it's, a, it's a smart portrait AI filter where apparently with just the sliders, you can change age, hair thickness, wow. all, sorts of, you know, all sorts of stuff. But there was something in there that, that, remind, that I found interesting, and now I can't remember what it was because it was, it was a couple of hours ago and we've played games since then. <laughs> Oh, there's a good there. What I thought was to show just how far this... I've been saying all this long, this computational and AI photography is going to change just so much. Yeah. Well, as you've been able to do in Photoshop for a while, you can kind of change uh, the lighting effects a little bit. Kind of crappy. I've never managed to get it look any good. But right. in this one, you can change the direction of the light and the catch light in the eye changes with it. Oh, wow. Which is kind of freaky, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. This is, of course, one of the, the biggest telltale giveaways is, yeah, you've got your light coming from here, but, yeah, you've got the big big shot of an umbrella coming yeah. in the opposite direction, and there's no obvious light there or whatever it may be. Um, so, so you can change uh, head direction, change the type of gaze, hair thickness, just by using sliders, which wow. is... Um, I'll tell you, if we thought it was hard to tell what was real and what was fake, yeah, before, you know, this is that, it's, that's again, it's not going to um, get any easier. It's definitely not, you know. Um, it, it's it's astounding capabilities again that this is able to be done in your average home computer. Yeah, it's it's um, quite quite well, remarkable. In, uh, interestingly, first, and related to this, when I was looking for some stories to cover, I I saw one. I didn't actually grab the link uh but it was all about this uh, a feature coming to photoshop to help you identify when an image has been manipulated yeah yeah which is what you kind of need yeah you know especially for things like news agencies and yeah, anyone who needs to actually have some sort of reality to the image that they're purporting to be yeah, yeah publishing of yeah, yeah. The, the first comment on on on, on Petapixels, I constantly tell myself not to turn into a grumpy old man and hate everything new, but my resolve is being challenged. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, um, the, the reply to his comment was, "Well, now you can turn yourself into a grumpy old man in Photoshop." <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just kind of funny. And uh, and then of course the I cannot be the only one who thinks this is not art, photography, or anything else other than gee, look what we can do. Yeah, but you know, it's just another brush. It's just another tool to use for yeah. If you're creating art photography as opposed to photography, if you're doing montages and who knows what else, yeah, to create artistic works of of photography, this can be a, a godsend. This could do some incredible stuff and create whole new realms of art. So once again, I am yeah, surprisingly no no problem with it at all. But we all yeah. have problems with it being uh, passed off as being real, you know? yeah. But um, when it comes to what's used as art, but then again, you start to think, well, who, who did the artwork? You or the computer? Yeah, yeah, you exactly. or Adobe. You know, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's interesting. So, um, but uh, y yes and no. I mean, because if you if you're going to take that argument, you would say, well, 
who was the clever one? Was it Rembrandt or the brush? And I think it comes down to the end user. The, the person who's wielding the tool is the one with the skill to a certain yeah, extent. Yeah, but, but Rembrandt had to determine the pressure and the slide and the tones. Yep. This thing, you're just turning a slider backwards and forward, and a yeah. computer is doing all the processing of all the, the good stuff yep. and spitting out a manipulated result that you get to choose somebody else some a machine's version of what it thinks is right yeah versus your own take on yeah you're making the final choice yeah i like it like that which is no difference than using your contrast slider or your brightness slider or whatever yeah because at some point you go oh that's what i want the brightness to be well did you do or did the photoshop make it that bright you know it's all interesting, yeah. It's, mm. it's, uh, I, th- I think the only problems come down is when, we, when people try and pass stuff off as reality. Yep. Yeah. And that's why often when I do anything stupid to my photos, yeah, and someone goes, oh, look at that sky, I'll go, yeah, it's fake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the first thing, straight away, bang. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to sit there and pretend, oh, yes, we, we had to wait for four hours for the sky to turn that purple colour. <laughs> yeah, or whatever it may be, you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but I thought that was, that was pretty cool. Uh, and, mm-hmm. I, and I was particularly impressed with the uh, the catchlight changing around. Yeah, and the drone photography awards, oh, aerial okay. photography awards came out too, which I love the drone perspective. So yep. yeah, so I was I was interested to go see it. And the um, the winner, uh, once again, and here's the thing straight away: you don't know whether to believe it's real or not, because yeah, with Photoshop you can manipulate stuff, but it's a it's a fishing boat from above, yeah. and they've got their net out, and their net's shaped like a woman's bust. You know, right. head, shoulders, neck, chin. Yeah. And it's like, well, is it real? Has it been manipulated <laughs> to look like that? It's pretty darn cool. Yeah, yeah. But a couple down where people uh, cr- there's umbrellas crossing a yes. pedestrian crossing yeah. is, is very cool as well, so... There's some interesting stuff in there again. So once again, I love that perspective, that aerial straight down perspective. So yeah, yeah, I thought I'd share those for anyone who's uh, interested interested in such things. Nice. And uh, that was it. That's all for me. That's all I got. I got nothing else. I got zip. Right. Okay. Well, we heard from Rob Coates over the last couple of weeks. Did we? Uh, with three different emails. Uh, The first one said, some good images here, Inks, on ABC News. And these were images of the Natural History Museum's Wildlife Photographer of the Year contest, won by Sergei Gorshkov with a photo of a Siberian tiger. That almost looks like a painting. But I I, I believe that it's a photograph, but yeah. Yeah, I know what you're saying. It's the... tonality of the color yeah i suspect he's done a bit of hdr processing on that because he's done some hdr he's done some he's done done a lot there's way too much detail in the background where it should all be just dark dark shadow and i think that's probably what makes me feel like it's a painting rather than a photo but uh, but interesting i don't you want to see what uh, other photos were there to that you made that as a winner sort of thing yeah i mean um, I'm always in awe of wildlife photographers who can do it well because I mean it's it's a bloody hard game. Oh yeah, yeah. as a as a, a, a guy called Nakul Sharma, a Indian photographer friend of mine, just posted uh, uh, just this week. Funny enough, that 
I want to... He's a great landscape photographer. He says, I've come to the conclusion that wildlife photography is the hardest photography in the world. I've just come back from my third safari to photograph tigers. Still no tigers. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so yeah, a lot, lot of work. The one I like the most, actually, if I there's a few down, it's called The Pose. Yes. It's, it's yeah. such a zen-looking picture of this uh, uh, monkey. It's just fabulous. Yeah. yeah. But, it looks like um, it's been yeah, so, makes makes you think it's been manipulated in Photoshop because it's so weird looking. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's very cool. Yep. So thanks for that, Rob. Yep. The second one was G'day Yanks, the Royal Meteorolo- Meteorological, Meteorological Society? Society has announced the winner of its Weather Photographer of the Year 2020 Ooh. competition. So uh, yeah, a bunch of weather related images. So uh, we'll put that link in the show notes as well. And then he sent one in that said, G'day, Inks. No, I've never watched Saturday Night Live either, but have a passing familiarity with it from the famous comedians who got a start on it. So, Glenn, you may like Trailer Park Boys, my favourite Canadian comedy series about three no-hopers living in... Wait for it, a trailer park. Warning, an FAQ I read about it said that the F word is used on average 46 times per episode, so make sure the girls are in bed. Cheers, Rob Kurtz. I don't know. I'm a a bit of a snob and curmudgeon. I'm not sure if trailer park and me go well together. Right. (laughs) Fair enough. When I finish Corner Gas, uh, I'll I'll give it a look-see. Right. I'm, part- I'm partial to that Canadian accent. Yep. A bit partial to that Justin Trudeau, mind you. I'll tell you, it'd be enough to. If I, if I was a woman and a lesbian, it'd be enough to turn me straight. <laughs> so, so, anyway, that's enough of that. I've been, I've been locked in the house for too long. Uh, now, Lee, Lee Gatland uh, Lee? brought to my we attention. We have not heard from Lee in what? Since last time. Yeah, probably. At least oh. that long. Uh, He brought to my attention the fact that a Sydney photographer by the name of Glenn McKimmon has managed to get permission, and I'm sure it's cost him an arm and a leg, to run photographer masterclasses from one of the pylons of the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Hmm. Now, as a tourist, if you've ever come to Sydney and wanted to climb the Sydney Harbour Bridge, one of the great frustrations is they will not let you take your camera with you because they don't want anything being dropped off the bridge. So for him to have been able to secure access and permission to not only take his own camera up there but to actually take a bunch of photographers up there and conduct a what what would essentially be a landscape masterclass from up on top of the bridge uh, looking over the sydney city cbd and skyline is quite an achievement like i said i'm i'm sure the insurance would cost a mozza oh yeah Uh, and for those that are interested just a single ticket for you to go along as part of this masterclass is going to cost you a mozza. It's $995 a head, uh, and he's probably forking out... Actually, Tasmanians better not apply then. Boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> so he's probably losing half of that to the insurance companies. Yeah. I, I still I still have objections to the concept of masterclass. I really just... Yeah, yeah, head. absolutely. Uh, I, funny if I heard a, a thing this week, and I can't remember who, where, what, why, or when. Yeah. Uh, but at the time... And, uh, and, and I only could have caught... It, 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 I heard it three seconds or so after it was, it was said, if you know what I mean. So yeah, sort of yeah, yeah. it took, you, took so, your so brain a while. I don't even really get the context of what was being said or the exact phrasing... 
but the concept basically was I'm not a master whatever, I'm just a master student. Right. And I thought that's really good. So, yeah, this guy is really, really good at his profession, but he's not a master, he's just a masterful student. He's a student who's gone a long way in his study of it, Yep. but he's not a master. Yep. And I thought that's a great description for, for people like myself who go out there and, and, and pretend to teach photography. Yep. Uh, and base, and that's, well, you know, what gives you the right? Well, I'm not a master photographer, but I'm a pretty good student of what I've, you know, I've learned X amount through my years of study that I'm passing on. Yeah. Uh, and I thought there was a, a far, uh, to me, it was a far more palatable way of, uh, and the problem is when you, when you elevate yourself to the level of teacher of, especially artistic things, people can venerate you somewhat. Whereas it was not, majority of the time vastly not 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 worthy of that of any of that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, so 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 yeah. When you put yourself in that, no, I'm a student, just a, a more advanced student. To me, yep. it was a far more palatable way of of having that relationship with people. Yep. So yeah. So I, I, it's interesting how that comes at that master class. Hearing that today after that going through my head this week. Yeah. Right. And the last story that I had is Canon's Quad Pixel AF patent. Uh, maybe the sensor for the upcoming EOS R1. Mm-hmm. So apparently Canon has what they call dual pixel autofocus. And I don't understand how the technology works, but apparently one of the limitations of it is that if you have a high contrast area that let's say you know runs left to right across your frame and the sensor is orientated in landscape orientation yeah then the autofocus can struggle a little bit because the 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 autofocus is looking for contrast at some other angle than that left right direction so allegedly according to this blog post it can fail a little bit when the orientation of the high contrast edge is the same as the way this sensor technology is built and so what they've now decided is that they should go for quad pixel autofocus which will basically work on two axes and so this will hopefully counter the problem now i don't know you're a canon shooter does any of that make any sense to you or ring any bells for you Oh, I wasn't listening. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. so I'm going to say no. Yes, it makes perfect sense. It's probably going to be twice as good. Right. Or have twice as many problems. <laughs> but one thing, it will be twice. Because yeah. two to quad. Yes. There you go. <laughs> two. Two. Excellent. So, well. yeah, I'm, I'm glad I... Uh, did you get that new Bruce Springsteen album? Oh, yes, I did. And you're happy with it? Oh, mate, it is brilliant. Really? It is absolutely brilliant. And to think they cut it in four days, it's phenomenal. Awesome. Yeah. Well, so no, it's, it's good to hear. There's nothing worse than it comes out. It's like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, no, it is It is really solid. It is a really good album. Uh, so I'm looking forward to the documentary, which... Uh, I'm much annoyed about the fact that they're putting it on Apple Plus, uh, Apple TV Plus, uh, but I'm sure that someone will rip it and put it on YouTube. So 
it'll probably hey. be on YouTube in a couple of days. <laughs> anyway. Hey, more stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we've had our little chat. Now, don't stuff up this one. I, w- I will do my best not to. Yeah, I don't have to record it all again. I mean... <laughs> It was it wasn't one of our best episodes, but yeah, it's in the can. And it saves us having to do it twice. That's right. Next week, I might have gone outside a second time. Yep, and I might take photos and I'll share them. Fantastic, because I'll go outside. So this is what out. Just in case you're not aware, this is what outside looks like. <laughs> if all our Melbourne listeners, they may not be aware. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah, uh, should, someone should document you know, the uh, emergence. You, you almost like you, know, you come out, you come out crawling out of the house, sort of in a little ball, and you slowly start to stretch, and you know, like a like a like a butterfly coming out of its chrysalis. You know, you sort of stretch <laughs> and expand, and you know, <laughs> the whole sequence. Yeah, you know, like I'm, man going from from yeah you know, from ape to man, from finally standing on two legs and walking. Off. And, and, and somewhere in there, throwing your hands over your eyes and going, it hurts, it hurts. It burns, oh, precious, it burns us. <laughs> I don't understand the reference. Of course. <laughs> it's something, something Lord of the Rings, isn't it? That's right. There you go. Uh, Lord of the Rings, I think it be uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, all right, mate. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. <laughs> bye. Shutters Inc. Another audiotu.com quality podcast. For questions, comments, and feedback, email the boys at shuttersinpodcast.com. Right.